this Sunday is World Mission Sunday, celebrated worldwide so we can pray and raise funds for missions and missionaries around the world and for the poor and emerging church. I've spoken a lot about what it means to be a missionary church. I think that St. John Paul II really reminded us that we have a call to holiness. But with Pope Francis, we are being reminded that we also have a universal call to mission. These are really the two sides of the coin. We are here on earth with one goal, to make it to heaven. But we don't go alone. We go together. So holiness and mission. This Sunday, let's not just pray for missionaries and for missions as if it was only those faraway places. Let's think of how we are called to be missionaries right here, in our own backyards, in our own schools, workplaces, and communities. How are we missionaries right at home? And it doesn't mean that you have to be preaching the word incessantly all the time to everyone. That'll just be annoying. But how do you share the joy of the gospel every day in everything that you do with everyone you meet? How does everything you do and say lead to heaven and bring others to heaven with you? I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, I'm Deacon Pedro, and here with me is Emily Callan for an all-new season of the Salt and Light Hour. Yes, hi, Pedro. I'm happy to be back. Yes, it's so good. Not that it's like we haven't seen each other. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, did you have a good summer? I did have a good summer. How was Poland? Well, I was just going to say, I think that that's what made it so good. <laughs> yeah, crap. Um, no, Poland was incredible. I mean, we were only there for one week, and it just it was such a whirlwind. Yes. But I mean, uh, just to be there and, and to be there as a journalist um, was quite a unique experience. I mean, I'd been there before for as a as a pilgrim so i kind of got to you mean to world youth day to world youth yes. day exactly so i you know i'm used to having like i had a glimpse before of what world youth day was like but now to have like the broader picture i mean yes. it's it's so much more than i think i remember it was it is it is a different experience to yeah. cover world youth day as a, as a journalist uh good so hopefully more world youth days to come yeah next one Panama. Panama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure with every show we're going to be dedicating a segment to Panama. <laughs> Panama. Anyway, um, uh, and you're you're hosting a new show. You you are now hosting you're Vatican the, the Connections. Host of Vatican Connections. Yeah. So every Friday, 8 p.m. Salt and Light Television. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not in our in our broadcast area, you can watch it online. Yep. On demand or yep. live at yep. saltandlighttv.org. And uh, Vatican Connections with Emily Callan. Yeah, it's. So. Uh, I think we're going into the fifth week now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, fifth week. So a lot, yeah. lots happening there. Yeah. Um, and you can also follow uh, Vatican Connections, the show on Twitter, at Vatty Connections. Definitely. Excellent. So, um, and a reminder, and I think I've said this before, and it, maybe it's a little bit, I, I get emails, Emily, um, quite often, uh, people... Which is great. I love getting emails from people who listen to this program. Um, but they'll email and say, oh, I listened to this interview or, and I only heard half of the interview. And how do I find the link that you mentioned or the song? And I was like, all those links are on our site. Yes. And all the shows are archived at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Saltandlighttv.org. Salt and Light. Salt and Light. So just look it's for easy. Salt and Light. It's yeah. easy. <laughs> salt and Light. Saltandlighttv.org. Saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Radio, the Salt and Light Hour. Every single program we produced, there. uh, there's been like there's like 350 shows that are all there. Yeah, I don't think we really miss a beat with that. No, we don't. <laughs> we really make sure that it's easy to access and yeah. Exactly, it's really easy to access, and all the links to all the guests, to all the featured artists 
So all it's all there. So if, I mean, obviously you can email me or email Emily and ask if if you want to get more information. But it's all there. All you have to do is go to our website, and and you'll find what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, now on the show today, Mark Matthews. Nice. Um, is yes. back on the program. He's our Hollywood undercover missionary, and uh, we'll see. I'm kind of hoping he's going to talk about the election, but I don't think he will. Um, no, I don't <laughs> think so. but uh, that's in in about ten minutes, right after we do our news, Emily. Yep. And then today on Connect Five, Sebastian Gomes. It's an all new Connect Five. Father Gomes is speaking. Uh, F- Father, Se- Gomes. Father Gomes. No, Sebastian <laughs> no, Gomes yeah. is speaking with Father David Neuhaus. Neuhaus, yeah. he is, do you know who he is? He's a Jesuit. He's a Jesuit, and he is the patriarchal vicar for Israel's Hebrew-speaking Catholics. So you think about yeah. Israel, Jews, Muslims, Palestinians, nobody thinks that there are Catholics there. Mm-hmm. And and there are Catholics who actually speak Hebrew. Yes. And they go to Mass in Hebrew. So um, we're going to find out. He's actually a, a Jewish convert himself, Father Neuhaus. Um, so so uh, looking forward to that That'll conversation on Connect 5 with Sebastian Gomes. They're going to speak, obviously, about the important mission of the church in the Holy Land. And then I know we've been talking about this, so so my question doesn't really apply, but have you <laughs> ever heard of graphic novels, of course? Yes, I have. Of course. Yes. And I don't know if you're like comic no, books or I, not really. No, my brother, I think, yeah, yeah he, he used okay. to There read are them. girls who like comic books. This is true. Okay, so there's this graphic, I guess it's not really a graphic novel. It's a comic book. Um, for a timeless meditation, the way of the cross. So not definitely not the first time that the way of the cross has illustrations, because I think the illustrations help us. Yeah, for sure. With the meditation. Some of us are pretty visual, and so it yeah. helps us pray. Yeah, but this these images are, are comic book, yes. manga style. Right. And I Emily's was actually frowning. a little... <laughs> <laughs> Emily's frowning. Well, it's it's I think because it's a, it's a really unique way of... of Praying the way of the cross, I have never seen it depicted that way, and so it's it's a little shocking because it's it's it is it's it's a graphic novel. It's very graphic, and so uh, actually, there's some of the images I find a little a little upsetting. Yeah, and maybe because well, it is the way of the cross, so maybe it should be upsetting. Um, That's true. But think when your brother was ten years old, if he was reading comic books, or like, wouldn't he have been reading right, the way of the cross? Right. Because this is what he's reading. So anyway, we're going to be speaking with in our second half hour. We're going to be speaking with David Goulet. Who, who's a friend of mine, actually, and he's the author, he's the writer. He wrote the reflections that go with this comic, um, and it's, it is weird to call it a comic because it's the way of the cross, but I guess that's that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're going to find out more this half an hour and uh, in our second half hour, and uh, we're going to end the program with a featured uh, conversation with John Michael Talbot. Yes. John Michael Talbot um, has a new album. Okay, brace yourself. This is his 55th. Recording. Fifth recording. Yes, he, he. This is number fifty-five. <laughs> I don't even think Celine Dion has that no, many okay, records. John does Michael she, she Talbot. Probably does, but <laughs> John Michael Talbot. Fifty-fifth recording. Um, it's called the Inner Room, and it's based on the Sermon of the Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, classic John Michael Talbot. Uh, so I, I, I'm sure all his fans will, will want to stay and listen to that conversation. Uh, so let's start with a song from that album. Here's John Michael Talbot with the title track, "The Inner Room." Go to the inner room The secret chamber Go to the inner room The storehouse of God Do not he 
visions Like empty stammering Pray with the Spirit Do not pray like hypocrites Like actors on a stage Pray with sincerity Mean the words that you say The inner room The secret chamber The inner room The storehouse That was John Michael Talbot with The Inner Room from his new album of the same name. And we're going to be speaking with John Michael Talbot in our second half hour. But first, Emily is still here. So let's do our I news. Am. Yes. Well, first of all, a big event at the Vatican on Sunday yes, <laughs> last week. Yeah, canonizations. I mean, we, we always love those. Yes. So there were seven of them. Uh-huh. And... Um, so the the Pope, I guess I could uh, I could probably name some of these. Yes, yes. Yeah. So seven of them. Um, there was one that was. I mean, there's only gosh, really I'm only sorry, one really. that's important. Really, the Argentine, <laughs> Argentine Curabrochero. Yes. Right. Oh no, two because the Mexican. Well, I was. That's what I was going to okay, start thank with. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, he's yes. So I'm a young, start with him. Yeah. Okay. So a young Mexican, 14 years old, who died during the Cristero War. Yeah. Um, he he was martyred for his faith, and. Um, so yes, there is an Argentinian. So Gabriel Gabriel del Rosario Brochero. Yeah, I can say. Yes, there was also a another martyr actually um, who was canonized. He was a he was French, uh, Salomon Leclerc, uh-huh. and he was. Uh, killed during the first years of the French Revolution. Okay. So during that period where um, there was a very mm-hmm. um, anti huge anti Catholic yes. persecution. Right. Um, another one was a Spanish bishop and founder of the Eucharistic Missionaries of Nazareth, Manuel Gonzalez Garcia. Uh-huh, very good. Uh, as well as uh, two Italian priests, Ludovico Pavoni uh-huh. and uh, Alfonso Maria Fusco. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there was also a woman canonized. Elisabeth de la Trinité, Elizabeth of yeah, the Trinity, a Carmelite, nun. a Carmelite yeah. nun from France, and she died at a really young age. She was 26 years old oh, wow. um, because of this this rare disease that she has, and mm-hmm. it was incurable at at that time, anyways. Right. Um, and the Holy Father. He, in his homily, spoke of the struggle of all the saints, and really that is the struggle of all Catholics and, and Christians, which is to um, to remain firm in the faith. Right. And he spoke about prayer and how um, and how prayer is is a battle. Yeah, um, but absolutely. the uh, 
but the goal is to just is to persevere and, and have faith and trust in God. Absolutely. That's good news for everyone. And we yeah. have some news here in Canada, too. Don't we, we do have news here in Canada. So uh, the CCCB, the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, released a document uh, called Our Evangelical Neighbors. Yeah. So this was a collaboration with the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, or EFC. Mm-hmm. And so they explained that their aim was to create a resource that reflected faithfully the Christian identity of our evangelical brothers and sisters. So essentially... It's a document that highlights the dialogue between evangelicals yeah. and Catholics and what's unique about each confession of faith mm-hmm. and, and how to move forward in the future um, in that dialogue. So you can find that on their website, cccb.ca. Yes, and actually there's a fascinating conversation. It aired on Friday night, Perspectives yes. Weekly, with Father Tom Host. He hosted my show. <laughs> um, that with, with two leaders from the evangelical community. Uh, yeah, uh, Reverend David Freeman and Dr. Eileen Van Ginkle. Eileen Van Ginkle, yeah. yeah. And, and it was a fascinating Fascinating conversation. Everybody should go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, and look look it up because all these things that we think evangelicals think about us, Catholics, it's, you, all your myths like are going to be dispelled, yeah. all debunked. And yeah. I'm hoping to do more more Perspectives Weekly programs with them. Maybe we should have them on this show. And it's, it's very timely because the Pope is going to yes, Sweden. the 500th uh, anniversary of the Reformation. Exactly. Yeah. So that's going to be quite a significant... I mean, this whole month, the Pope has been meeting with a lot of uh, delegations yes. and it's kind of been this whole, you know, surrounded this whole theme of ecumenism. Excellent. It's very yeah, important. For so. sure. Um, okay. And there was also a, an election for mm-hmm. the Jesuits, yes, um, which is pretty true. huge, right? So... Father Arturo Sosa was elected as Superior General of the Jesuits. First Latin American. <laughs> First Latin American. And and this is something that Father Federico Lombardi, who's also a Jesuit and also former Vatican spokesperson to them, yes. um, he, uh, you know, he was saying how this really shows the, the church's openness um, to uh, to give, you know, great responsibility to the Latin. Latin American yes. countries. Um, he's the 30th successor of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. yeah, he's, um, I mean, we wish him all What's the luck. What's it like I guess to be a successor of St. Ignatius right? of Loyola? I, right. I don't know what that's I know. Um, that's but, great. Yeah. That's good Good news. Good. 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 I, I think that along the lines of this idea, not because I'm Latin American, but that the Latin American church is going to evangelize the rest of the church. Mm-hmm. Not because we have a Latin American Pope. Or when it used to like be that. the other way around. <laughs> it used to be the other way around, but I, I think so. There's something about... And we go back to Panama. World Youth Day <laughs> in Panama. I, I think it's all going to go Yet back. Everything we're going to say, yes. we're, is, that's World Youth Day in Panama. Okay. Exactly. Um, are, are, do any last news or are we good? Um, well, there was the rededication of the Memorial of Moses on Mount Nebo in Jordan, which I think is is, is oh, pretty, yeah. Yeah, that's significant. Quite significant. I didn't know that, that that happened. I missed that. Yeah. So um, there, there was the, these ancient, uh, this ancient basilica and monastery um, okay. that was renovated that's right. these last several years. And um, and it, this is this is a really you yes. know it a lot of um, pilgrims go to this place absolutely. which is you were where just there. I was just there you last were, well, February yes, you well, were. yeah absolutely. it does feel like I was just there yeah. um, so this is you know the place where Moses where God would have spoken to Moses and and, and he, shown him the promised and land where right he died. and, and you can died, still yeah. in fact of when I went to the Holy Land to Israel and Jordan so this yeah. is uh, in Jordan yeah right Mount Nebo you can actually see from Mount Nebo you can see all the way to the Mediterranean so you can yes. actually see the whole of Israel and so he would have seen the, the promised land. And to me, that was the most the powerful. most powerful experience because at least where I was, 
there's nothing there. It was well, just no. rocks and dirt yeah. and like nothing. Mm-hmm. So like Moses probably stood on that same rock. Like, saw the same thing. Saw the same thing. So there's yeah. no, you know, uh, up on the hill, there's the church, which was rededicated. But yes. where I was, there was nothing. It was great. Yeah. Okay, good. We need to leave it there. Thank you, Emily Callan, our news producer. You can tune in to our daily perspectives updates in English, French, Chinese, and Italian at saltandlighttv.org and also on your road. Hello, I'm Sean Garrison, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour every week on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129 on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network, Holy Family Radio, also on Lamb Catholic Radio, and on the Barriga Radio Network, and of course, on the internet at saltandlighttv.org, and also on your Roku. Now it's time for What's Good in Hollywood? with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Back to the program, Mark. Thank you. Great to be back for another another season here of reporting from Hollywood, California. From Hollywood, California. Did you have a good summer? I did, yes. I actually was able to go back to Canada for oh. four weeks. Good. And good. Uh, reacclimatize with normal culture and people. So it was fantastic. <laughs> good. You're making plans to move up north uh, after the election? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I think there will be a flood, so you better build that wall up in Canada. Absolutely. We'll, we'll let you in and all, all those American refugees. We'll, we'll take Thank them in. You. We take them all in. So so, uh, so at, at the expense of wanting to talk about the up, up-and-coming American election, um, how about we talk about something else? What's happening sure. in Hollywood? What's good that you want to share with us? What is good? Well, there are lots of new developments in new media. Okay. And... New media is kind of a buzzword that you hear thrown around quite a bit, but it's basically any new way to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about it, at one point, you know, the printing press was new media right. back in 1441. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, examples we have today, you know, we obviously know about social media and YouTube and stuff, but there are, there are some kind of profound changes happening there. The industry is really tuned into these things. Mm-hmm. So the first one, obviously, is, you know, well, maybe not so obviously, but at YouTube. And uh, studios are kind of like very tuned in. They very much see YouTube as the future in media. And it's kind of like, well, why do you need, you know, a full movie to connect with your fans when a celebrity could just do it with a cell phone in their pocket? Um, And, you know, you you see things even like like one of my personal favorites, the Hydraulic Press Channel, a series of videos from Finland, which shows what happens to things when you press them with 100 tons of force. Yeah, I've been there. Um, Yeah, I've seen it. I know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and and so it's kind of like, you know, studios kind of go, well, why do we need this highbrow production when just people are going for all this lowbrow stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, And and so, you know, YouTube, they've been very progressive in providing uh, means and resources to their content generator. So they have like a studio in LA they can use if you have a certain number of subscribers. Uh, and they make significant money. If you've got three, seven million subscribers, you can make over $100,000 per post right. from just from endorsements and just advertising. advertising. Which, yeah, which is pretty stunning. So, yeah. um, so that, that's a real thing. Uh-huh. Um, the next Next one is uh, is net, things like Netflix and Hulu, yeah. and you know there used to be a very clear distinction between television 
and movies, you know, film, which you'd see in a theater, which is usually over two hours, or TV, which would be, you know, in your living room with 22 minutes plus commercials. Yeah. But, you know, you don't need to do that anymore. You could have, say, you know, three 60-minute sort of super episodes, and that could sort of be a movie, and it would sort of be like a TV series. Yeah. And Netflix has said, hey, we want to break the mold. And people love it. They're spending $5 billion on producing new content. Wow. Um, so, so the studios, you know, again, NBC, CBS, you know, all them, they're, they're looking going, wow, Netflix is kind of the future. How do we compete with them? Mm-hmm. So, so that's something to kind of be very, very tuned into. Right. And then the next one, which, you know, has been hyped about for a long time, uh, even since the 1960s, is virtual reality. Yes. And so the last couple years here, this has sort of become a, a new phenomenon. People are very excited about it. Yes. Uh, it was basically the, the Oculus Rift that started it. Um, but now there's the PlayStation VR from Sony, Google Cardboard. It, it's a VR viewer you can stick your cell phone into. Yes. It's made out of cardboard, and you can get a VR experience. Yeah. And, and I, I actually think it's not so much hype this time. I think... I think we'll see some some really interesting changes there. In the it next is. I actually just years. watched a, a VR documentary. It's the CBC produced uh, something on the Highway of Tears, and it's four minutes. Oh, interesting. And I didn't watch it with the mobile because the mobile you can, like you said, you can actually move around, move your head or move the phone around. Mm-hmm. And, but so on the screen, you can just kind of scroll around, and it's it's an interesting experience. I must say, I would like to produce a documentary in VR. That's my next one. Yeah, yeah. and and it's. It's really interesting. Everyone's kind of trying to figure out that, like, well, how do we use this new media? How do you produce compelling content? Yes. And and so it's kind of like it's a whole unknown field right now. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, some of the most kind of compelling examples I've seen have been kind of like from the horror genre. So they're really? almost like these sort of like horror movie experiences or, you know, you're walking on a plank over the Grand Canyon and you, and you see people freaking out in real life, you know, like they, they can't. Right. You know, balance themselves. Um, so, so I'm I'm kind of excited to see what will happen there. Yeah. So nice. So the the question, of course, you know, being your undercover missionary, is well, how do we Christianize the new media? What do we do with it as Christians? Yeah. Uh, and and the honest answer is is I don't really quite know. <laughs> um, you know, we kind of don't even know how to produce good VR media yet. So how do you do it as a Christian? Yeah. There are two principles, though. I would suggest. Um, so one is be holy. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, you don't you don't have to force it into your media, but if you are a holy person and your faith permeates every aspect of your being, it is also going to permeate all aspects of the media that you create. Right. So that's very important. And the Holy Fathers um, have produced some very good guiding media. Uh, there's like the JB2 letter to artists and, uh, you know, yes. to the... Uh, you know, uh, rapid development of the Holy to those responsible for communication. So look up some of these letters, um, and and they provide some like good advice there. You know, uh, t- they talk about the tendency of, you know, of there to just be information but not values. So so refer back to those. I think those are good yeah. good guided posts as well too. So yeah, okay. I guess in a in a sense, there's no real difference if we're going to be Christians. Uh, missionaries making good media, whether it's new media or old media or any kind of media or theater or whatever you're doing, you should still be dri- be driven by the same inspiration and the same focus and, and the same need to be holy. I, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and I even think, you know, even as Christians doing this, like, I mean, even just the lack of negativity that you see sometimes in some of these other forms is such a great witness, you know, right. like, sometimes it seems like all you see on, like, Facebook or Twitter is, like, gossip and, right. you know, right. shouting right. wars kind of a thing, so... That's be true. civilized. Be civilized. Be and, and be a good storyteller. So don't forget all the other stuff we've talked about in other segments <laughs> about just making yes, good... Yes, yes. Yeah, don't good, throw good everything content. else out the window. Okay. All right. Good. Very good. That is good news. Certainly better than watching the debate. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, man. All right, my friend. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for sharing. And uh, we'll thank talk you, to Pedro. you. We'll talk to you next month after the election. How's that? Yes, yes, if I if I haven't fled over the border myself. All right, take care. God bless. There you have it. Uh, what's good in Hollywood with New Media with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood mission. Hey, I'm Sarah Kroger, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. How are you going to spend the next five minutes of your time? How about meeting a fascinating person and learning something relevant that will broaden your perspective? Sit down with Sebastian Gomes and go straight to the heart of the matter. Here's Connect 5. Today, Sebastian speaks with the patriarchal vicar for Hebrew-speaking Catholics in Israel. Father David Neuhaus is the leading voice of dialogue and reconciliation in the Holy Land. Father Neuhaus, we hear a lot about uh, the great challenges facing the Church of the Middle East, Christians of the Middle East. We often hear about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in, in the Holy Land in Israel. Um, and we hear about all the different cultures, the different languages, the different religions. It's a very complex situation here. Now, you work for the Mother Church. You work in the Church of the Holy Land. What do you see as the mission of the Church here? The question of mission is intimately connected with the question of who are we, our identity. Now, we are living in times that are very threatening. I think that the whole world has become aware of how threatened Christians are, whether it's in the Holy Land or throughout the neighboring countries. And that means that many Christians are living in fear. Fear means, in human terms, putting up bound, putting up walls, trying to feel safe. That can also mean, of course, migrating, leaving, to find safer places. And those that remain want to live in a Christian world, create some kind of safe Christian world. I think that the mission of the church is to counter that. First of all, to say fear is not a good teacher. Of course, we cannot totally dismiss fear. That would be foolish and we are, caused to be, we are called to be wise. But we must not give in to fear. And then I would say that the mission certainly touches on two extremely important issues. One is, we have no power in this situation. We don't have political power, financial power, or almost any kind of viable influence to change reality. But we do have something that is extremely powerful, and that is the word. The word we speak, the discourse we use in order to talk about the general situation, who we are, who everyone else is, and what we see as the possibilities of newness breaking in. Christian language. I think that here when we speak about evangelization in our context, it means speaking unashamedly, as Christians, disciples of Jesus, in this very difficult situation. 
which means that not only are certain words forbidden, we can't call anybody enemy. That's not to say that we are stupid and we don't recognize where evil is, where injustice is, but enemy is a word that we don't use. We are driven by a dynamic of love as Christians. What does that mean? In very real, practical terms in our day-to-day -day lives, what does that mean when it comes to Muslims, when it comes to Jews, when it comes to all those around us that if we were simply driven by nature, we would fear them. We might even hate them. We might even seek to totally disassociate ourselves from them. How do we talk about them? How do we talk about what is possible in this land? Intimately associated with the question of what language do we speak is the question of our Christian institutions. Our future is intimately connected with those institutions we have historically built, those institutions we are building, and these institutions incarnate our language. What am I speaking about specifically? Our schools, our hospitals, our clinics, our social work outreaches. And we notice something which is very important when we look around this country. In our schools, everyone is welcome. In our hospitals, everyone is treated. Now this everyone is the evangelical everyone. When we set up church, we pull the walls down because we want to go out as Jesus was always going out. And in a time when that is threatening, when people will say, that's, that's dangerous, stay at home, put up tall walls, close the doors, close the windows, the church's mission is to do exactly the contrary, to go out and look in the society for those who share our vision, who are threatened by those who threaten us, so that we can work together and open up the society to what is possible, even though it seems impossible right now. That was Sebastian Gomes speaking with Father David Neuhaus, Patriarchal Vicar for Hebrew-speaking Catholics in Israel. You can watch this and more interviews at saltandlighttv.org slash connect5 and also on our Roku channel. Coming up in our second half hour, The Way of the Cross, the comic book, and John Michael Talbot has a new album, The Inner Room, so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. When you think of comics or graphic novels, you're probably not thinking of religious content, are you? I remember a few years ago, um, a manga Bible came out, and some of you might not even know what manga is. Um, it's that sort of Japanese style of, of graphic uh, comic illustration. Um, and there were several graphic novel style books that were also based on Bible stories and, and in that same manga style. But to use that medium for a reflection on the way of the cross, that's probably not something that would come first to mind. But that's exactly what author David Goulet has done with artist Joe Spicer. Together, they've put together The Way of the Cross, a comic book. And to tell us all about it, I am now joined by David Goulet. David, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you, Pedro. So um, I, I, I think you'll agree with me that this is maybe not the first thing that will you know come up in, in people's minds when they think either comics or they think of Way of the Cross or they think of how should I write a reflection? How should I illustrate a reflection, uh, your meditation on the Way of the Cross? So how did you come up with this idea? 
um, basically from going to uh, Stations of the Cross yeah. uh, over the years and uh, trying to bring my kids to it. Okay. And my daughter, who's uh, the older, um, would usually be, you know, very um, disciplined and sit there quietly and follow along. Um, whereas my son, being younger, would um, he had a hard time with it. Right. Um, you know, as most young uh, boys do sometimes yes. at church. Um, but I just found, I thought, you know, sometimes you might go to a Mass that's more youth-oriented. There could be a youth Mass so that uh, the kids do get more engaged. They might even go to uh, children's liturgy. Uh-huh. But we, you know, we recognize that sometimes we need to um, change the context for, you know, the younger reader, uh, the younger person. Uh, I thought I, I really hadn't seen anyone do that um, with the way of the cross, with the stations of the okay, cross. Okay, I see. And, and I, I thought, let's start with that. Let, then I want to get my own son engaged in it. Maybe this is the way to go. Okay, and were you thinking specifically about the way of the cross, or were you thinking in general about, you know, the rosary or devotions or the mass? Um, yeah, why, like, why specifically the way of the cross? I, I think that was the one where I saw uh, there wasn't a lot of, uh, like supplementary content. Okay. Um, there's lots of um, rosary books um, that you can get or, you know, follow along the Mass, children's style. There's a lot of yes. illustrated yeah. books out there uh, that a lot of parishes actually keep at the back of the church for that. Um, but I hadn't really seen much, maybe because the Stations of the Cross are a little bit more um, senior in content. Like, it's a, it's a pretty graphic thing that you're following through. Yeah. That's right. And, I mean, in, in history, the stations, uh, some of them, you know, the ones I had seen in Europe or in pictures, could be very graphic of, uh, you know, Jesus's fall or the, the scourging, and so I guess it's not one you automatically think, well, this is one we need to lighten up for the kids. Yeah, um, that's true. But I thought we could. I think kids today, um, because of comic books, because of Marvel, DC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they kind of get that medium. Um, they I grew up on it more so than kids today. I think today it's more video games and apps than it was comic books. But um, I just thought this would be a way, take the Stations of the Cross, put it into a little bit of a comic book form. And also I, I noticed um, there are different, for the way of the cross, um, the meditations. Yes. Uh, people have interpreted them differently, and there are some that are, I guess, more modernized, um, some that are more contemplative. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, what I'd like to do is make the, the text a little bit more middle reader ground, uh, something that a, yeah. you know, a tweet or, or a teenager could maybe get their teeth into. Right, no, and I was going to ask you about that because ultimately you are not the illustrator, you're the author, you're the writer, so you wrote the meditation, um, and, and as you said, it's not... You know, it's not not that it's not deep, but it's not you know, like you said, middle reader. So a ten year old could read it and and understand it. I'm just going to read a little bit. Um, sure. You know, this is the um, Jesus is betrayed by Judas and arrested. So the second station. You know, have you ever had a friend or a brother or sister rat you out to your parents? I mean, that just in itself is something that I think young people. Can, can relate to or understand. So it's in a language that's easy to understand. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's not for adults, right? But it's, it still means right. that it's, that it's for more, more accessible. Um, so would you say that your audience is primarily a younger audience or is this for anyone? I think 
I think anytime you look at something with fresh eyes, it can be for anyone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I've had I've had a couple of adult readers, um, a, a good mutual friend of ours, a Sister Marie Paul. Oh yes, um, yes, she's on this program it. regularly, actually, Sister Marie yeah. Paul Curley. Yeah. And and she uh, she enjoyed it. Um, so I think th- that aspect it works for for anyone who's just you know looking for uh, looking at it with new eyes. But I do think yes, for for the younger reader, it it's just more accessible for them. Yeah, of course, of course, and and in fact, the, uh, the, all those manga things I mentioned earlier, the the manga books and the manga Bible, um, I think were intended for for younger readers, and I got them for my younger son as well, as you said, because you know he was hard, you know, I wanted him to have something. He seemed to to really like. Uh, graphic novels like bone i don't know if you're familiar with that one you know yeah um, that's that's a classic yeah um it's a classic yeah and and so as opposed to reading my older son is more interested in reading chapter books and so i guess it also depends on who you are some people are more visual um, yes. which i was going to say that there's something about the way of the cross that this is certainly not the first way of the cross that i see that has a meditation and a picture that there's something about the picture that really draws you in to the meditation, can you talk a little bit about how that the art helps us enter into the meditation? Yeah. Um, Joel is uh, like a fantastic um, manga-influenced artist. Uh-huh. Um, I got to know him through some other just mutual Christian uh, writers and artists, and um, he had an interest in the devotion. He he was raised Catholic. He's now I, th- I think he's with an evangelical denomination, but he always had a a fondness for that devotional. Yeah. And so when I started bouncing the idea off him looking for an artist, he was all in on it. And I liked his art in that it was, he, he doesn't hold back. Like he, he goes with bright colors when, when he feels it should be bright. He'll go with a dark and gothic look when he, when he thinks that's the right mood. And I think he's very good at that, at capturing the mood. Um, as we went from, you know, station to station, um, I was always looking forward because I was always surprised. Okay, what's he going to do for the next one? And he'd send me the art, and I'd say, "Wow, that's not what I expected," and that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find a lot of his art; it kind of jumps out at me. Um, some of it, like I, I remember Sister uh, Marie saying, "Ooh, I got one. I don't know. That one was a bit much for me." Right. Um, and I thought, "Yeah, but that that particular station, it should be too much for us." Um, right. And that's what I like. He's an honest artist in that. Uh, he doesn't hold back when he knows it's appropriate, and um, that's why the the our comic book probably like I wouldn't necessarily introduce it to a four or five year old um, because some of the images may be a little bit you know arresting. Um, but I you know I had my son; he's now eight years old. Right. Um, go through it, and and you know it it made him and my daughter as well, who's twelve. She was shocked by like one of the images of the, the crucifixion image. I think it was. And I said, that's okay. That image is meant to shock. That, that station is very serious, and we have to grasp the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the gravitas to it. And um, that's what I, I really liked about um, Joe's work, is that he didn't shy away from it. He knew not every image can be that way, and so some are more bright and superhero-ish. Yes. Um, and then others, there's, there's um, emotion in it. There's uh, almost romance in some. Bromance. Yes. And um, I, I just I thought he captured it very well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, if people are interested in getting this, it's a, it's a like I said, it's it's the smallest, the way of the cross. There's 14 stations. They're not traditionally necessarily the same 14 stations that people are maybe used to, but the passion story is all there from the... Uh, the you know the Garden of Gethsemane all the way to the Resurrection, which is nice that you've included the Resurrection. Um, if people want to get this comic book, where should they go, David? They can go directly to uh, Joe's site, uh-huh. which is StarCrossStudio dot uh-huh. uh, um, You can also you'll just look there. It's also a nice introduction to other work that Joe has done and some of his friends. Right. Um, Amazon's Comicology, which is a very popular site for getting independent comic uh, artist work uh, comicology.com um, is another place okay so that's good so people can uh, either go to starcrossstudio.com and I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily and also through Amazon's uh, comic book uh, feature but I guess yeah. if they go to Amazon and just type in the way of the cross Joe Spicer David yeah, Poulet, I think maybe just come did, up. yeah way of the cross and maybe Joe Spicer yes okay and we'll um, put all that information in fact there's a yeah. neat little trailer at Starcross Studio that I think I might share on our site as well so people can watch that's it right yes <laughs> it's it a very cool. nice little trailer um, and yeah. that way people can see some images also from the uh, from the uh, from the booklet um, David it's been great connecting back with you uh, good to hear you and uh, thank you for doing this and I hope that there's more to come because uh, there's certainly lots of devotions and meditations and rosaries and divine mercy and other things that we could be using uh, this medium to uh, to help us enter into that mystery of uh, yeah. of Jesus so thank you so much for doing this thank you All right, that was David Goulet. He's the writer of the new Way of the Cross comic book. And as we said, you can uh, go to starcrossstudio.com to find out more and to get your copy. Here now is our featured artist of the week, John Michael Talbot, with the Beatitudes from his newest album, The Inner Room. Blessed are the pure of heart. 
That was John Michael Talbot with The Beatitudes from his new album, The Inner Room. If you feel that the world today is chaotic and unstable, and sometimes maybe you feel frightened, insecure, discouraged, and even angry about the future, then John Michael Talbot's newest recording is just for you. The Inner Room is John Michael's 55th recording and is a call to go to that inner room with Jesus to find healing, hope, and revival. Once again, John Michael Talbot collaborated with his friend and longtime arranger and producer, Phil Perkins, on 10 new compositions that integrate Middle Eastern sounds, Americana roots music, and contemporary styles. And to tell us more, I am so happy that we're joined now by John Michael Talbot. John Michael, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Oh, it's great to be with you, Pedro. So I always love my buddies up in Canada. You guys are great. I know. We need to get you back here soon. It's been a while. Um, I'd love to come. And and in light of the political climate down here in the United you, States, hey, I you're welcome. To come up there. <laughs> you're welcome to move up here anytime. Absolutely, <laughs> doors are open. We we accept all refugees. Um, okay. You, you, uh, you you tell me that the project, so this new album, the Inner Room, is based on the Sermon of the Mount. Why? What what moved you to to work specifically? meditations on that that uh, part of our gospel well quite frankly it's just been the polarization that's gone on in our culture and uh, again i can't speak to canada the same way i can to the united states Mm -hmm. but you know facebook social media uh the the level of fear anxiety um anger Uh and even hatred yes and vitriol has just been so extreme and and it's even in the church, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever yes. seen a time when the church is so polarized is. Yeah. in many ways as it is today. Yeah. And so I said, well, golly, what if we just, you know, I, I tell a joke down here, and we're doing the interview in the middle of the political season, yes. and I say, guess what? Donald Trump is not going to save you. Hillary Clinton is not going to save you. Only Jesus can save us. Yes. All the rest of these folks are just politicians. Yeah, or wannabe politicians. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 so uh, I thought, well, let's look at what he says. Right. And and I I started going through the Sermon on the Mount, which when I first got involved again as an adult with Christianity in 1971, yeah, it was the Sermon on the Mount that drew me. Yeah, 
and and I read it, and I just went, oh, wow, this yeah. stuff is so radical. I mean, very few of us Christians even do this. Right. Uh, you know, a few of the saints manage it. I mean, you know, St. Teresa of Calcutta managed it. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, things like forgiveness, we know that uh, St. John Paul II uh, managed it with the guy that tried to kill him. But yes. most of us, you know, folks, that are just muddling through have a real hard time mm-hmm. with things like turn the other cheek, uh, pray for your enemy, love your enemy, right. uh, don't judge, don't take an oath, don't don't take a false oath, don't take an oath. Right. Uh, you know, adultery. Uh, we live in a sexually promiscuous society, and and Jesus's answer is is again revolutionary. Right. Don't lust. Yeah. Just get rid of lust. Yeah. And the other stuff really gets easy. Right. And and so I I was thinking about it, Pedro, and the Beatitudes kind of came easy because yeah. I I I uh you know, I've been to the Middle East and and we forget that Jesus was a Middle Easterner. Jesus was, yeah. you know, not Western European and no. certainly not North American. So uh you know, what does that sound like? What does that feel like? And I right. tried to capture that on the Beatitudes. Yeah. But then I got to the rest of the sermon, and I went, I went, okay, I've I've tried to put this text to music now three times, mm-hmm. and every time I bring it to my producers, they go, nah, this is not up to snuff. This is not up to your standard. You can't do this. Right. And and I prayed, and Pedro, I, I got a word, well, I got two words from God. You know what they were? No. Bob Dylan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he just yeah. won the Nobel like, Prize, so... so. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, Bob Dylan. What? You know, it's folk music, John. Write it like a folk song. Oh, my gosh. So... So I I did most of the sermon on a yeah. song called The Light of the World. Yes. Yeah. It's eight minutes long. And when I can't have an eight minute song and you know, I mean verse after verse after verse and 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 yeah. I said, Okay guys, we gotta cut some of this. What should we cut? And we all looked at each other and we said, Well, which of the words of Jesus do you want to cut out? <laughs> That's so. great. That's great. We're gonna end the show with that song actually. I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up. And and I was gonna ask you yeah, how you go about writing? Um, I mean, it's great. Obviously, I, I I presume that a lot of this not just you know asking for for divine Bob Dylan guidance. How, how much of it? <laughs> how much of it comes out of of your prayer time? How much is sort of inspiration? How you know your general? Maybe this is a general question about how John Michael Talbot writes music or writes songs. Can you tell us a little bit about that well, process? Well, it comes out of prayer. I mean, I'm always reading. I'm always doing, uh, you know, intellectual and devotional reading, and I'm always praying mm-hmm. beyond words, and it just kind of flows out. But quite frankly, I haven't done a record because I'm not sure that the recording industry works anymore, Yeah. Um, especially for Christians. Um, and, and so I've kind of felt like a, quarterback with no nobody no receivers open downfield right. you know it's like yeah. well I, I know how to throw but who's catching why? yeah There's nobody down there. yeah so it helps i i had a lot of requests to do another record and that was a receiver you know i mean i right. started getting all these hey it's been years you got to do another record you got to do another record yeah 
And uh, and so I went, okay, I will. Well, I think and, that la- uh, one of the last times that you and I spoke, you were saying that you might not never even write a song again. I don't right. know if you remember that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. not only weren't yeah, you not going to record, it, but yeah. So, But 55 albums is a lot of albums. It's a lot of albums, but, you know, as long as people like it. And, and I'm out on this tour, the Inner Room Tour, mm-hmm. and uh, people love the new stuff. Yeah. I mean, they just go bananas over it. And I have a song called The Inner Room. Yeah. And that's a cool song. I mentioned it in the liner notes that the Greek... You know, the inner room is basically the pantry. It's the storehouse right. yeah. of a Middle Eastern. You know, it's the house. It's the it's the room in the house that's on the inside. There's no windows. Yeah. Um, you know, and so the question is, well, we have to turn off the outside noise. You know, turn off the twenty four seven news cycle, which is some would argue is propaganda anyway. Yeah. So just turn it off. Mm-hmm. You know, turn off. Turn off Facebook. Turn off Twitter. Uh, just, just go pray. So it's it's to provide that undistracted place and that undistracted time uh, daily to go pray. And then, you know, I love the word uh, vain repetitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. word in Greek is bata legeo. Bata means to babble. Legeo comes from lagos yeah. or word. So babbling words. And it was used for uh, for the way little babies babble, and they say words and sounds, and they don't know what they mean. Yeah. So this is a powerful tool, especially for Catholics, where we use rip repetitions in our liturgy. Yes. Let's make sure that we really mean them, that we're really praying them, that we're not just babbling, we're not doing bata legeo, that mm-hmm. we're not doing uh, empty stammerings. And then the last word is hypocrite, and that word is an actor. Yeah. Uh, so don't pray like you're like an actor on a stage playing and, a role. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Pedro. And I, I mean, <laughs> I you're you're a deacon. You do this for a living, and you know I'm a professional religious, and it, I do this for not only my way of life, but also it's my livelihood. Yeah. And you know it's easy to fall into the acting mode. Yes. It's you know for that hour or you know if you do several things on Sunday for three or four or five hours. And I can do that. Yeah. Play a role and go home and act. Yeah. And then go home and act like a jerk. Yeah. So, you know, so, so the challenge is don't be a hypocrite. Don't be an actor on a stage. There's a, there's an old axiom that says, if you feel unholy, begin to act holy and maybe it'll soak in. Right. Yes. And that's legitimate. It's so true. Absolutely. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. That is legitimate. But what if we're, living that way yeah. what if that's the only thing we ever do and that's what jesus is talking about don't yeah. be a hypocrite yeah i love it I love so it. uh there's so much here john yeah. um i'm not surprised that you're saying that people are loving it because it, 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 certainly any john michael talbot fans out there this is not going to disappoint um it, there's very much it sounds a lot like john michael but there's all there's some newness there too as well so i think that it's, well it's, yeah it's, it's, it's so I, I again i'm not surprised that people like it um Thank you so much for coming out, coming out of your inner room, so you can share a little bit of the inner room with the rest of us. Um, and I'm hoping that there's more to come. Uh, so it's been really good. Yeah, God to willing. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, and take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you, Pedro. God bless you, buddy. If you want to find out more about John Michael Talbot, or if you want to purchase the inner room or any of his albums, just go to his website, JohnMichaelTalbot.com. 
com. And here now is John Michael Talbot with that song that he was talking about. We might not be able to play the whole thing, but most of it, The Light of the World, from his new album, The Inner Room. You are the light We're listening to John Michael Talbot with The Light of the World from his new album, The Inner Room. And that will bring us to the end of our program this week. Remember that if you missed any part of this program, you can stream or podcast all the Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where we post links to our artists and guests. Send us your comments on what you've heard on this program or anything you want to tell us. The best way to do it is through Facebook, Deacon Pedro, or Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. And I'm also on Twitter, yes. at Emmy Callen. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro. And I'm Emily Callen. And this has been the, the Salt, Salt and Light, Light Hour. I am the light shown upon the world. I am the